Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I am Jay Shears, a pastor and certified kingdom advisor. We appreciate the fact you're using wisdom from this program to facilitate better financial stewardship in your life. If you have questions about today's podcast, you can find our contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com. Kingdomplanadvisory.com. You can also call our toll-free number at 888-226-7614. I'm going to hit a subject today that uh, I'm often asked uh Matter of fact, just recently, um, the the subject or the topic is you know co-signing. You know, Jay, should I co-sign for my son? Should I co-sign for my daughter? Should I co-sign for the church? Could I, should I co-sign for a friend? And uh, fortunately, Scripture gives us a, a multitude of advice regarding the subject. And in short, the answer is no. You should not co-sign. Now. <clears throat> I know that that answer can sometimes cause uh, a lot of strain on a relationship. If a child comes to you and says, you know, dad or mama, I, I really need help. You know, we're trying to buy a car or, um, or we're, we're trying to buy our house and the bank says they need a co-signer. And, and I told them that you, you know, you, that you could probably do it. Um, and I really need you to co-sign. One of the hardest things to do in that situation is say no. No, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Now, <clears throat> stay with me here because I want to tell you why it's a really bad idea. Uh, in regards to Scripture, let's let's start there. What, is, what does Scripture say about co-signing? We find a lot of information in Proverbs uh, in, in regards to this topic. Uh, if we look at Proverbs 17, uh, verse 18, it says this, One who lacks sense gives a pledge, and puts up security in the presence of his neighbor. Let me read that to you again. It's Proverbs 17, 18. One who lacks sense gives a pledge and puts up security in the presence of his neighbor. Proverbs eleven fifteen says this. Whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer harm, but he who hates striking hands in pledge is secure. Proverbs 22, verses 26 through 27 says this. Be not one of those who gives pledges, who puts up security for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should your bed be taken from under you? Let's go on to Romans, Romans 13, 8. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. And let's just hit Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, have you given your pledge for a stranger? If you have snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hands of your neighbor. Go, hasten, and plead urgently or urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hands of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Okay. It's pretty clear... That, you know, scripture doesn't specifically say cosine. Uh, I think that's probably a modern day term. 
Um, but it's, it's pretty obvious what, what Scripture is trying to tell us here. Uh, for as long as people were, were borrowing money, uh, we've had advice, uh, guidance regarding our financial stewardship. Hey, don't do it. It's not a bad, it's not, it's just not a good idea. Why is it not a good idea? Why is it not a good idea? Ah, there's, there's a number of reasons. A number of reasons. Why is the bank or the creditor requiring a cosigner? Now think about that question. Why is the bank or the creditor requiring a cosigner? It's because they know that the person that's trying to borrow money is a bad risk. It's a bad risk. If they were a good risk, they wouldn't need a cosigner. Right? Would not need a cosigner. Now, if the bank who is in the business of lending money and does their credit checks and does the income evaluation and does all of these things and, it says, and the bank says, uh, you know, we'll give you the loan if you have a cosigner. What they're telling them is, you ain't going to get the money from us unless somebody else puts up, puts up their security, puts up their name, puts up uh, uh, their pledge because they're the ones that are basically borrowing the money, not you, because we won't give you the money. Right? Well, the first thing I think we need to look at is, why are they borrowing money? Okay? If they're borrowing money for a car, in my opinion, it's a bad idea. And I know that that makes me really, really unpopular with, with people who are selling cars. It's, I am not on the number one fan list uh, by by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm going to tell you this, and I'll, and I'll say it a thousand times as long as I'm on radio and doing podcasts. Borrow, borrowing money on a depreciating asset is not a good idea. It's not a good idea. So if if Johnny or Jill come to me, kids of mine, and they say, Dad, I, you know, I, I, I really need a, a car, and um, I, I just, I, the bank says I need a cosigner. Now, what are you trying to buy? Well, you know, a $45,000 car. Why do you need a $45,000 car? You can't go down to the used car lot and pay cash for a car, maybe $7,500, uh, because you saved enough money to buy a car, um, keep it for three years, save up enough money that because you're not making payments, trade it in and get you another used car. I mean, that's what your dad does, right? I haven't bought a new car uh, and I, I, I don't know how long. I buy used. I buy them off a lease uh, and I pay cash for them. I will not borrow money on a depreciating asset. It's a really bonehead idea. It's just not a good idea. You're upside down. You're upside down on a new car, especially when you borrow money. All right? So let's go back. All right? First of all, don't find out why they're trying to borrow money. Give them some good stewardship advice. Saying, you know what? This is not a good idea. Not a good idea. You know, if they're trying to borrow money on a used car and they don't have it for that, then they they weren't good savers, right? There's a whole lot of stewardship opportunity here to teach. But let's focus on the co-signing. The bank says they're a bad risk. The number of times that I have seen the the number one primary 
primary uh, person that is borrowing money, okay, the borrower that has defaulted is well over 50%. Well over 50%. And the reason is because they were a bad risk to begin with. All right? Um, let me give you, for instance, I had one of my children a, a, a few years ago that said, uh, uh, Dad, I need 3500 bucks." Well, what do you need $3,500 for? Well, down payment on a new house. Okay. Uh, how much is the house? Well, they told me the, the, the house. I said, well, that's that's not a very big down payment. Well, uh, you know, my wife's family is also going to match you. So if you put down, if you give us $3,500, uh, they are going to give us $3,500. I said, no, ain't doing it. You know, it, it obviously caused strain. They, like, why not? I said, well, first of all, if you have to borrow your down payment, you're a bad risk. If you don't even have enough money for a down payment, then I'm not doing it. I'm not going to give you a down payment on a house. What's wrong with the house you live in? Well, it's too small. No, I've lived in small houses before. You'll manage. You know, it, it caused a strain. Um, and, and I don't think they talked to me for about six months because I was, uh, you know, the, 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 the bad guy, I was the wolf. Um, you know, I didn't love them. Um, you know, I was greedy because I had the money, but I wouldn't give up to them. I'm just, I'm like, no, it ain't happening. If you have to borrow money for a down payment, you are a bad risk. And the banks have caught on to that. Because if you put a down payment on the house, they ask you where it comes from. If you borrowed it, you're probably not going to get the loan. Somehow or another, they they bamboozled some kind of, of, of um, lending company, mortgage company. And they ended up buying another house. Okay? A house they couldn't afford. And they lost it. Couldn't make the bank payments. So now I know that that I would have never gotten the thirty five hundred dollars back. Okay, um, it would have it, it would have basically been seven thousand dollars just thrown away because they couldn't make their their house payments. They needed to stay in something uh, uh, smaller. They needed to save money, have value on the money that they had saved. Okay, worked towards a goal. But that's just a for instance. Just recently, I had someone come to me and says, hey, the, the church needs to borrow money. Um, and they, they want me to, to, to basically put up a promissory note or sign a promissory note showing that, that uh, it, it can be paid back. I'm like, no, <laughs> no you're not. Why is, the, why is the church borrowing money? Well, we, we need to get this stuff done. I said, then go to the congregation Go to the congregation and say, this is the situation. Don't take the easy way out. All right? Don't, don't be borrowing money. Now, once again, I'm, I'm, that makes me very unpopular with a lot of churches that are in debt. But you show me a church that has debt, and I'll show you there's problems in the church. The number of churches that are closing down on a daily basis, I'm telling you, it's a bad risk. I, I have personally seen... Um, some church bonds that were floated in this area. Uh, they were paying 11 to 12% to lend money to churches. Why would a church borrow money at 11 or 12% when they could get it from the bank for 4 or 5%? The answer is the bank wouldn't loan them the money because the church was a bad risk. So therefore they go into the high interest rate market 
people are buying these church bonds to fund lending to uh, the churches. Guess what? The the loans or the the bonds went into default because the churches were in default. I mean, it was a, just a circular, uh, 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 just craziness. I'm not a fan of. You know, I just recently had another church said, "Hey." Um, and it was one of my clients that called and said, "Hey, the you know the church to, 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 um, needs about a hundred thousand dollars, and they you know they're asking me to help." And I said, "For what? For what? Well, we need to put in a, a, a coffee bar, a coffee snack shop." I'm like, "What? Why? Well, you, you, why?" You know, once again, I'm not popular with these progressive churches that think that they need to have a Starbucks in their church. Right? You know what? It was so be it. It's just my opinion. I think it's a bad idea. But they were going to borrow money and approach my client because they knew that he was, uh, you know, had done well in life, and said, "Hey, you know, we need, uh, you know, some surety for the bank." I'm like, "Don't you dare do it." The church doesn't need a coffee shop. They need to preach the truth. They need to preach some gospel in there. Stop worrying about someone drinking a a, a, a white chocolate mocha during service. Knock it off. It's craziness. All right, you know, you can eat a muffin on the way home. It's not needed. It's not needed. Here's the other thing about co-signing. All right, you got me on a rampage right now. <laughs> it really just kind of gets gets the hair up on the back of my neck when these when the churches are approaching members saying, "Help us borrow money." No, you're a bad risk. Church is a bad risk if we've got you know, it, just stop. You know, it, it, allow the church to do what it does which is allow the members of the church to raise the money. If the, if, if God uh, sees the fit, I'm pretty sure he'll make it happen. But you're forcing, you, you're, what, you're, what you're doing is when you're borrowing money because you don't have the, you know, I'm not talking about replacing a roof, okay? And I, I can tell you stories about that. Uh, you know, the church is approaching members of the church, uh, people that, that really didn't have the money, but the church knew they had a little bit in the bank and they're trying to get the money out of the bank. Um, we've had some pretty colorful conversations, pastors and I, in the past. Uh, when a client calls and says, "Hey, the church needs fifty thousand dollars for a new roof," who who else is helping? Well, they just approached me. No, you're not. Give me the pastor's phone number. Let me light him up a little bit today. Hey, I'm telling you, it's when man is involved, sometimes uh, plans go awry. But what happens is this: Can you imagine? All right, put yourself in this situation. Can you imagine co-signing for family member or friend, maybe even a church, and the person that you co-sign for defaults? Guess what? You got to pay it. You don't pay it, it affects your credit. All right, that may garnish your wages. They may go in there and take if you it was if it was a secure loan, they're going to go take it out of your brokerage account, maybe out of your pension, you know, maybe out of your IRA. They're going to get it. Why would you put yourself in that position? Now you tell me if that happens. The person you co-signed for because they were a bad risk, okay? They were a bad risk. Defaults because they're probably going to. And they come and hit you up for the money. You know, let's say you co-signed $25,000 for a car. Uh, they made three payments in default, and they were in default because they, they were just bad stewards. Shouldn't have borrowed money to begin with. Uh, and now you're making payments, right? You're making payments, Tell me how your relationship is with that person. First of all, when you call or text them or however you make contact, they're probably not answering, are they? Now, some of you that are listening 
to this podcast have been in that situation. You've been in it. I want to tell you, I'm going to give you the best advice that you may have ever heard on a a financial stewardship uh, program. When someone asks you to co-sign, say no. That is the best help that you can ever give them. It is the best help. Because what it does is, number one, it allows God to use his timing. Okay? But when you say no, say, you know, I'm not going to co-sign for you. Number one, it's just a bad idea. Uh, for me financially, I just, you know, whether I have the means or not, it's just a bad idea. Um, but let me help you out. Let me give you some advice. Okay. And work through that position with them. If they're coming to you because they need a co-sign, you're probably, uh, in a much better position. Maybe you're a much better uh, financial steward and a position that you can coach them. All right. But saying no is the best help that you can give a person that's coming to you to co-sign. Now, here's, here's what I have seen. I have seen children use the grandchildren as leverage. When you say no, well, you ain't going to see my grandkids anymore. And then the person calls me and says, uh, Jay, I followed your advice and told them no. Now they said that my, 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 I can't see my grandkids. My response is, give me their phone number. Give me their phone number. <laughs> and I make a phone call, and a lot of times they won't answer. Sometimes I'll, I'll shoot them off a nice letter saying, grow up. You're a bad risk. Why are you a bad risk? You know, you're a child if you're using grandchildren as leverage because you're a bad steward. And grandma said, uh, no, I'm not going to co-sign because you're a bad risk. The bank thinks you're a bad risk, and I think you're a bad risk. Um, what else also happens is uh, a lot of times I see grandparents or parents just give them the money. Rather than borrow, you know, that's a whole nother topic. But today's topic is don't co-sign. It is not biblical. It is not biblical. You know, if you want some more here, let me, let me, let me close it with a few more. Psalms thirty-seven twenty-one: the wicked borrows, but, but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. Ecclesiastes 5, 5. So here we got King Solomon giving us some words of wisdom. It is better that you should not vow then you should vow and not pay. Uh, Proverbs 26, I think I already said this one, but be not one of those who gives pledges, who puts up security for debts. Right? People, don't co-sign. Don't co-sign. And (laughs) it's about once a week I get that question. Because I, I am a financial planner, I manage investment accounts for clients. Uh, and people are saying, Jay, I, I need uh, my, my, and they may not tell me why, but you know, we get to it, uh, especially because I, I worry about elder abuse. Um, and, and I have reported elder abuse, people that are preying on their grandparents, uh, in, in regards to money. Um, but Hey, you know, Jay, I need the last three statements. Oh, okay. I, not a problem. Why do you need your last three, uh, 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 statements from your, your, your retirement accounts or your investment accounts. Well, the bank needs them. What, why is the bank need? Are you buying a house? No, no, no. Well, what's going on? Well, you know, my, you know, my grandson, you know, just, just graduated college and he needs a little help. Oh, well, what is, what does his parents say? Well, they told him to come to me. <laughs> oh, well, they're passing the buck because they couldn't say no. 
go ask grandma for the money. Um, and then I say, no, you're not going to do it. It's a really bad idea. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Send the grandson to me. Let me coach him or her granddaughter possibly. Let me help them. If you, if, if, and at the end of the conversation, if they'll actually come see me, they'll understand why they, they shouldn't be asking you for money. It's a bad idea. You know, I've lived in some dumps. <laughs> I'm telling you. you know, the first house I ever bought, I paid uh, uh, $22,500, I believe was the amount. Um, I had possums living in my basement. I had uh, big black snakes that were knocking off our, our fruit cannon jars. Uh, in the middle of the night. Um, the electrical wires were cloth wrapped. That tells you how old the house was. But it was all I could afford. And I didn't have to go to mom or dad to ask for a down payment. Okay. We fixed that house up and sold it for 60000 I mean, that, that, that's what you do. Right. Now, I like driving a truck. But I have driven some things that, it, you know, were held together with duct tape, bondo, and, and, and bailing wire. Sometimes that's the best lesson in life. You know, a kid that, that comes straight out of high school or straight out of college thinks they have to drive the same kind of vehicle that their parents or their grandparents are driving. Um, it's not necessary, especially if they got to go in debt to do it. So the best advice, and I'm going to close with this, the best advice that you can do, the best advice that you can do to help the person that's coming to you, asking you for you to co-sign, is say No. And then offer to help them or coach them or guide them to someone who can. People don't co-sign. Really bad idea. If you have questions about this or if you've got one of those people that are bugging you to death wanting you to co-sign, um, share this podcast with them. Say, hey, I'd like you to listen to this this uh, <laughs> old military ex-law enforcement pastor uh, that's talking about co-signing. And, and Johnny, he says, I shouldn't do it. Maybe you should listen to him. So, anyways, I'd be I would uh, happy to help you. Uh, it, it's a tender. Uh, uh, listen, I understand it's a tender subject. It is a tender subject because it's going to put a, rela- a strain on the relationship when you say no. But I can tell you what it's going to be a lot worse when they default on the loan and you have to pay it back. Now you tell me how that relationship's going to go. It's going to recover a lot quicker when you just say no rather than you saying, uh, I've got to pay for your car. And since I'm paying for your car, I want that car. Come put it in my driveway. How's that relationship? If you need help, you can find my contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com. You can also give me a call at 888-226-7614. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit KingdomPlanAdvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.